0: It's no secret that too many lives are lost to the abuse of drugs. Today's guest has had a significant hand in creating a powerful and unique approach to treatment for children. We'll find out more in just a minute. Hello everyone, I'm Pamela Brewer welcoming you to this edition of Mind Talk. I'm going to give you an abbreviated introduction to today's guest because to give you a full introduction would take up the program. Doctor Joseph Schrand, how are you? Welcome to Mind Talk.
1: I am fine and it is such a pleasure to be here again with you. I think we've been we've chatted a few times in the past, but I'm delighted to be talking about this topic
0: yes we have and they we've been talking about books that you've written but today we're going to be talking about a program that you created let me just give our listeners a little bit of a sense of who you are Uh, a professor of psychiatry at harvard medical school uh, medical director of castle which is clean and sober living teens empowered Uh, You also helped to design the Independence Academy, which was the first sober high school on the south shore of Massachusetts, which sounds fascinating. I don't know if we'll get a chance to talk about that today, but that really does sound fascinating. But today, we're here to talk about your creation, the Drug Story Theater. What is the Drug Story Theater?
1: So um, what we do is... We take teenagers in the early stages of recovery from drugs and alcohol. We teach them improvisational theater, and then we use something called psychodrama, and they create their own scripted shows about the seduction of addiction to and recovery from drugs and alcohol. And then they perform those shows to middle schools and high schools, so the treatment of one becomes the prevention of many. And that's our slogan, the treatment of one becomes the prevention of many. In between each scene of the play, the kids step out of character and they do these PowerPoint presentations teaching the audience about the neuroscience and development of the adolescent brain and why it's at such risk for addiction. And then all the kids in the audience take a pre-show neuroscience quiz and then they take the same quiz after the show and then we measure that data and the change in perception. But then also what's really cool, and I think what is probably the most powerful part of the show, is that afterwards there's a talkback between the audience and our kids who've been in the show. And that's where uh, I think the real amazing part happens because the audience, you know, just they just ask question after question. And my kids are so honest and courageous about what's been going on with them, that's, I really think, where the the main influence is of Drugs Free Theater. It's really a peer-to-peer communication where these kids in recovery are basically saying, this is what happened to us. This is what we now know about our brain. Our brains are really cool. We're just suggesting that you don't give it away to drugs and alcohol.
0: It, it sounds, just as you're describing the process, it sounds so powerful, and we know that teens are a lot more likely to pay attention to teens than those old people who they often call parents.
1: Very true, and, and this is part of why we actually why I created Drugs Free theater because if you look at the literature, there are a lot of programs out there where they send adults into schools. And you know it's it's a great idea, and I think that adults have a lot to say. But you're absolutely right, man. When when a kid is going to listen to a kid, it's it's much more powerful than listening to some white-haired, old, bearded guy like me getting up and saying, <laughs> "Don't do this." And that's the thing is is you know we're not telling kids not to use drugs and alcohol. We don't want them to. We're not trying to scare them out of it. We're just trying to tell them. You know, this is what's happening in your brain. And the whole idea is, you know, why would you want to do this to your amazingly cool brain? Um, So we really address all of that as the kids in the show say, you know, no one's going to scare you out of using drugs or alcohol, because if the brain is going to choose between fear or sadness or anger and pleasure, it's going to choose pleasure every time. But then they teach the neuroscience of what happens in the brain and what is the real pleasure based on and what are you paying to get that pleasure.
0: It really is an amazing concept. Why incorporate drama with this kind of learning? How did you come up with that?
1: Well, part of it is, is because it, 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 satisfies two things that, that I have been doing for years. I don't know if you remember, but you know, in my previous life when I was very young, back in 1972, uh, there was a TV show called Zoom, which was a PBS you know, Emmy Award winning television show about kids. Well, I'm Joe from Zoom. So I, I had that theater experience for much of my life. And there's nothing as amazing as being on stage and hearing the applause of an audience. And that's an amazing pleasure. So when I started Castle uh, Clean and Sober Teens Living Empowered, which is this adolescent substance abuse program through High Point Treatment Centers, uh, South Shore of, of Massachusetts, I thought, how do, we, how do we give kids pleasure that's not drugs? and I thought theater would be a great way to do it. And there's a whole brain chemistry and neuroscience we can go into, but that was part of it, is that here are these kids uh, up on stage being reminded of their value. Mm. Because when an audience gives you a round of applause, it's basically saying, you know, we really appreciate what you've just done for us. That's, I think, powerful, and it imp- imp- absolutely empowers our kids to feel safe enough to trust enough to be able to share their stories
0: you are focusing uh, drug theater on teenagers let's um, talk about a couple of things there are i guarantee you there are at least a few people listening right now who are saying my child's ten years old i don't have to worry about this is that true
1: um, I think it's it's always more interesting to wonder than to worry, uh, first of all. Uh, your child of 10, I hope, is not exposed to drugs and alcohol, but they will be uh, relatively soon. So the target audience that we have really starting in sixth grade. Um, so the sixth grade brain is, is a very wonderful brain, And the sixth grader, at this point, looking at our data, uh, thinks something like marijuana is addictive. And just for folks out there, marijuana is addictive. We can have a whole other show about that, Dr. Brewer. But but right now, we'll just go with it. Uh, So, yeah, so a 10-year-old kid is on the cusp of going to, you know, middle school relatively soon. They're in elementary school now. But they're hearing about things. And the other part is, depending on your listening audience, um, my guess is, and this is a sad thing, that there are many 10-year-olds out there who have been affected by the opioid crisis, uh, who may have lost an older sibling or a cousin, an aunt, uncle, God forbid, a parent, uh, or know of somebody who's lost someone to the opioid crisis. So those kids are out there, and they know what's going on
0: the thought that my child uh could never do this let's let's pretend that we're now talking to the parent of a teenager t- tweenager uh 12 okay. 11 12 13 years old um i i'm going to we're going to take a break but when we come back i'm going to ask you just to give us a sense of what early drug addiction might look like uh, so, that folks listening can really be attentive to the range of behaviors that might show up. Doesn't guarantee that it's drug addiction, but it's good to be curious, as you said before. So, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back with Dr. Joseph Strand. Dr. Schrand, help us understand what behavior changes might occur if your child is using drugs.
1: I want to start this off by just reminding parents that they are the expert in their child. Someone like me, I am just a professional. The most important person is the child, but you, the parent, are the expert, and don't let anybody ever tell you you are not. So here's what to look for because you're the expert in your child. You know what their behaviors are, so you will know when there are changes. And if you have, you know, a gut feeling about it, trust your gut. So here are some of the things to look for. Do they have a new group of friends? Uh, Are their grades starting to fail or at least go down from where they were? Do they seem to not care? That their grades are going down, or that their old friends don't necessarily want to hang out with them anymore? Are they isolating more? Are they separating from you more? Are they sort of more irritable and angry? Uh, and physical science, you know, do, are they more unkempt? Do they have bloodshot eyes? Uh, so these are some of the things that you look for. It's a change in their behavior. Are things changing at home? Are things changing at school? Are their group of friends different? Are they things that used to interest them? They're not that interested anymore. Now, look, these are are nonspecific in a sense because a kid could be depressed, they could be anxious, they could be all sorts of reasons why their behaviors are shifting. But the way to find out is to have established long before a trust with your kid. Respect leads to value, and value leads to trust. And with that trust, you can ask your child and begin to have the discussion. The the reason it's so important is because kids keep secrets. And a parent needs to understand that when a kid is keeping a secret, what it really means is that they still care what you think about them. And for parents, I think sometimes this is a really important insight and something that they hadn't thought about. They're just angry that their kid is keeping a secret, but the kid wouldn't be keeping a secret if they didn't want their parent to know and they don't want their parent to know because they still want to maintain some image of themselves in their parents' eyes. So that's really important. Those are things to look for. Now, of course there are deeper, more concerning signs. You know, if you you find drugs, if you find pipes, if you find empty cans of beer or liquor, you know, God forbid if you find, you know, needles. I mean, there are all sorts of things that you should look for, but you're the expert. If you think something's going on with your kid, follow that instinct.
0: And when your child gets enraged with you because you're prying into their privacy, know that as a parent you can tolerate that you'll survive that
1: absolutely and you know we could get into the whole brain science of that if folks are interested they can go back and look at one of my books called outsmarting anger uh, which talks about the mirror neurons so when your kid is getting angry or dismissive you have to then step back as an adult because what's happening is your child may be activating the very same part of your brain that's activated in their brain, now this this is part of the neuroscience that we we'll teach you know in drugs free theater, and maybe we'll have a chance to get into some of that at some point.
0: One of the things that you say is that addiction is not about morality, it's about mortality. And one of the things that I, I think is so important about that is that there are certainly parents who will say, how could you do this to me? How could you behave in this way? This is and, and do all the judgment that is actually going to help to shut the child down and not going to allow the parents to be helpful even though they may want to.
1: So true, so true. Uh, and, you know, it is about mortality. This is simply the way the brain works. So uh, if a parent is judging their child, the child will get defensive. You know, this gets into this whole much broader and, and, and much more, you know, very important topic of stigma and how people with addiction are looked at as socially corrupt people with jeopardized morality. That's not what's happening. So, what we teach the kid is this is what's happening in your brain Uh, and brain development is occurring all the time. I, my wife says sometimes, you know, that mine is not even fully developed yet. And I believe her, I believe her. She's right. Most of the time if she's listening, then I want her to know that she is always right. Um, But, but here's, here's the deal. Uh, We've, we've scientists have figured out these numbers. If you start using drugs or alcohol, after the age of 21, one out of 25 people are at risk for lifelong addiction. Wow. So after the age of 21, one in 25, four out of hundred people are at risk for lifelong addiction. If you start using drugs or alcohol before the age of 18, that number goes from one in 25 to one in four.
0: That's astounding.
1: It's astounding. And one in three if they're using opioids. One out of three or four kids at risk for lifelong addiction if they start using before the age of 18. That's what drug story theater is targeting. We are in the midst of an opioid crisis. Drug story theater is targeting kids so that we don't go through another one. And we're not trying to scare kids. We're just saying this is the way the brain is. It's not your fault. It's not about your, you know morality. This is just the way it is. So what we'll do is when we're in an, uh, you know an auditorium where we're doing maybe you know 600 middle schoolers or 400 you know 800 middle schoolers will be seeing the show at the same time. 800 middle schoolers. After the show, I moderate the talk back. I'll have 200 kids stand up in the audience, and I'll say, "Look, I could have picked this 200, that 200, that 200." This is how many kids in this room right now are at risk for lifelong addiction just because of the way your brain is developing. It's not, you know, some stranger in a cardboard box living under a bridge. It could be your brother, your sister, your best friend, your worst friend, your neighbor. It could be you. And I don't know and you don't know. So all we're asking in drug Free theater It's just wait. Just wait. We're not advocating substance use. But if you're going to use, wait until you're after 21. You
0: know, know, it it just gives me chills to think about the numbers that you are describing uh, in terms of the impact of drug use before and after the age of 21 is drug story theater available around the country or are we just talking in your hometown
1: Okay so we're we are beginning to scale it out so anybody who's interested first you can go to our website www.drugstorytheater.org and that theater is spelled with an e r because unfortunately that's where so many of our kids wind up we're a nonprofit and we are uh, absolutely building out. We also have a Facebook page, uh, Drugs Free Theater, which you can go to. On the website, uh, there's a Contact Us page. And you can certainly contact us about you know, how you can become involved. But what I want to do is build this out nationally. Um, you know, my last name is Shrand. I admit I get Schrandios, It's true. But we can do this. And we've been so fortunate to be approached and now partnering with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts uh, and Andrew Dreyfus, who's their CEO, uh, has given us, you know, a starter fund. So they've given us $200,000 and $50,000 in kind because they believe that we can do this. You know, this can be an international model of treatment and prevention because the brain is the brain is the brain. So. I know you have a large listening audience, but if there's anybody out there who's interested in helping to promote this and bring it to your community, contact us. My chief operating officer is Kathleen. She is right there, Kathleen at drugstorytheater.org. Contact us because we want to help. Because we know that it's there. That drugs and alcohol are there. And what. There's a whole other part about marijuana, which maybe we can have another show on. But in Massachusetts, where I'm speaking from, you know, we have legalized marijuana. And the impact that's going to have is huge. Let me just I know we probably need to take a break, but but let me just explain real quickly about why there's this number between 1 in 25 and 1 in 4. Do you want to do that now or do you want to do that after a break?
0: Let's take a break right now, and then we'll come back and you'll give us that information. Folks, don't go away. The conversation with Dr. Joseph Schrand and Drug Story Theater will continue in just a moment. Doctor Schrand, tell us about, uh, tell us about marijuana. Why should we be worried?
1: Uh, Marijuana is not an innocent drug, especially what's going on now. This, when, one of the things I have to say is this ain't your grandfather's weed. The stuff that's out there now is so much stronger in terms of its THC content uh, that it is scary. Now, there's another component to marijuana, CBDs. And the CBD is the medicinal part, but the THC is the psychoactive part. And if you look at the way marijuana is being grown, uh, it's being selected to have higher THC content. Okay. It is absolutely, in my mind, one of the gateways. 99% of our kids who we treat on heroin started with weed. Now, that doesn't mean that 99% of kids who smoke weed will go on to heroin, but it is a gateway. And we hear this conversation over and over again. It's actually in one of the drugstore Theater plays where a kid who is in my program for getting you know, treatment for heroin addiction is chatting with another kid who's getting treatment for marijuana. Uh, and the marijuana kid says, well, I'm never, I'll never use heroin. And the heroin kid says, you know, that's what I used to say. And the marijuana kid says, well, I'm not you. And what we've taught the heroin kid to say is, well, if you're not me, stop smoking weed because that's what got me going. Now, Now, I just want to, I want to just explain the, the, the brain part. So the brain matures following evolution, the limbic system, which is the part of the brain that is responsible for irrational thought, for emotions, for pleasure, for memory, for impulses is also the part of the brain where addictions live. The more mature part of the brain in terms of evolution is the neocortex, the new brain, especially a part right in front of your brain called the prefrontal cortex. So if folks aren't driving, if you just put your hand on your forehead for a moment, right behind there is your prefrontal cortex. That's responsible for rational thought, for solving problems, for executing plans, and most importantly, perhaps, for anticipating the consequence of that plan, the consequence of what will happen next. How many times have you done something impulsively and slapped your forehead going, what was I thinking? As if trying to jumpstart your prefrontal cortex. In adolescence, the limbic system is relatively more mature and developed than the prefrontal cortex. So the limbic system this irrational, impulsive part of the brain easily can take over the prefrontal cortex, and a kid can start using drugs without thinking about the future. That's part of what's happening. That's part of what we teach in the neuroscience to these kids in school. The other part that's going on that we teach in drugs free theater has to do with these two brain chemicals one is called dopamine which is an ancient, ancient chemical that's been around in our brains for a long time. It's involved in many things, but most importantly, all drugs and alcohol force the brain to release dopamine, which is this very pleasurable molecule. The problem is dopamine interferes with another molecule of pleasure called oxytocin. Not oxycontin, oxytocin. It is the neurohormone of trust. It is the chemical that's released when somebody says you are amazing and you get that rush. Dopamine interferes with that. Dopamine interferes with trust. All drugs and alcohol interfere with the chemical of trust. So that's what we teach. You can use drugs and get high, but the price you're going to pay is trust. And you just have to decide what's more important to you. I just think that we. Go ahead.
0: I I was just going to say it's it's such a profound lesson, and yes, we are absolutely going to have to have you come back and talk to us more about outsmarting anger, uh, the book that you've written, and really go into more detail uh, about the issue of marijuana because. I know you know that so many people say it's not a gateway drug, and it's much ado about nothing, and why can't I just smoke some weed every now and then? So, Dr. Schrand, I have to thank you so much for joining us today and for really wetting our appetite in terms of understanding about the Drug Story Theater, and I'm going to ask you to give that uh, web address again so people can be in touch if they would
1: like. Sure. Thanks so much for having me on www.drugstorytheater.org. And again, that's theater with an E-R because so many of our kids wind up there. Uh, We have a Facebook page. Please go and like us, check it out, and contact us. You can Google my name, Shrand, S-H-R-A-N-D. You'll see a whole bunch of stuff that I've written and something called the I Am Approach, which we can talk about another time. But please, help me make the treatment of one become the prevention of many. We are... Always open for suggestions, certainly open for donations. We're a nonprofit and you get a tax write off. But help us because we want to save your kids.
0: Dr. Joseph Schran discussing drug story theater. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We will have you back. There's a lot more that we need to talk about. And again, that uh, website is drugstorytheaterer.com. T-H-E-A-T-E-R.org, and the Facebook page is Drug Story Theater as well. Thank you, Dr. Schrand.
1: Thank you. Always a pleasure.
0: Alrighty, righty. And, folks, thank you for joining us on this edition of Mind MindTalk Mind Talk is brought to you daily as an educational public service, and it is not intended to replace any work that you may choose to do with a mental health, medical health, or other professional. You can always listen to Mind Talk on Demand by going to myndtalk.org. You can also download the Mind Talk app from iTunes or the Google Play Store. Mind Talk is produced by Jim Brown and 26 by Two Communications. If you'd like to be in touch with me directly Send an email to Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A, at mindtalk.org. Again, that's M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. And remember always, if it's unacceptable, it's unacceptable. You take care. I'm not going to